How's it going, everybody? Every booty listening on uh, we're on what forty-seven and a half different platforms now. Uh, anyhow, if you're on YouTube, like, share, subscribe. If you're on ye old Facebook, uh, feel free to do the same thing. Uh, Spotify, Anchor.fm, uh, the Panic Attack. Well. No, there's no the. It's a panic attack with Big John on the podcast platforms and YouTube. Um, so, kind of. A lot going on today. It's, um. death-defying life I lead, I tell you. But, uh, in Ohio news, probably the biggest thing to happen is, uh, oh, pardon me. Uh, uh, the director of the Ohio Department of Health, Dr. Amy Acton, has resigned uh, her resignation came or was announced by Governor DeWine in uh, his Thursday afternoon press conference. Um, during the supposed peak of the uh, virus pandemic, uh, they were doing a press conference every day. Uh, I have not seen a reason given for Dr. Acton's resignation. DeWine said she would stay around as an advisor to him. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if she's advising the governor, she's got to get paid somehow. So is she now like a, a cabinet level person? I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, doc, director of the Department of Health Health is kind of a cabinet position, and maybe not officially, but anyhow, it, it's an important job, and you are an advisor to the governor. So uh, he didn't say that she found another job, and I haven't seen a reason for her resignation. Uh, even though I only read one article, uh, it could be because recently there have been. Many articles come out saying that uh, false or misleading information was given to the people of Ohio. Uh, I saw something today that, uh, and again, with all of this, one death is one too many. But the death rate in Ohio is point zero. I thought I saw 7-7%. But anyways, after the decimal point, there's a zero. So, I mean, it's like less... That's like such a tiny fraction uh, for the, the virus in Ohio for a death rate. That's less, way less than the flu. Okay? So... Um, and especially at the beginning of this. Now, I've backed Dr. Acton and Dr. DeWine, or Governor DeWine, 
I've been frustrated with how abrupt some of their policies have been, like canceling the election on election eve. Uh, it's been uh, well, closing the bars, at, announcing at 4 p.m. that all bars and restaurants are to close indefinitely at 9 o'clock that night. Uh, that was crazy short notice. Uh, you know, and the next day they came out and, or maybe it was the same day, I don't know, don't care. Uh, it was still too abrupt. But, you know, bars and restaurants were seeing decreased business during uh, the month of February, March, uh, you know, this announcement came the weekend before St. Patrick's Day, and Governor DeWine said, hopefully by doing this, we'll all live to see next St. Patrick's Day, right? That's how dire the situation was believed to be at the beginning. Uh, now, after that, very soon after that, like by the end of April, so much new information was out there, so much more information. Uh, we knew that the hospitals were not being overrun, right? By mid-April, Dr. Acton said that models she had would show Ohio having 10,000 new cases per day and that we would have hundreds or a thousand deaths per day, according to uh, modeling. And these models have been wrong in every pandemic that we've supposedly had going back to SARS in early 2000. But anyhow, it's bad. Don't get me wrong, it's bad. A lot of people have died. That's that's tragic, it's sad. It's I've heard it's a very painful illness to have. Okay, I get it. It's not nice. It sucks. Death sucks. If it's your friend or your relative, it sucks, okay? But that's how this thing called life ends, man. Okay? None of us are going to get out of life alive. Um, so, I, but anyways, I don't know if it was she resigned as a result of bad information or if, uh, I mean, if that was the case, he wouldn't keep Ron as an advisor. Of course, politics is all smoke and mirrors, so it doesn't matter. Um, or it could be, you know, the stress. This is a very stressful job uh, under a normal circumstance. Uh, but, you know, with, you know, feeling as though she had millions of lives in her hand and her decisions and the decisions she made were not popular, uh, the decisions that they put her up to making were not popular. I still, I still feel like uh, Secretary LaRose and Governor DeWine told her to sign the order that uh, banned large social gatherings in the name of a health crisis that postponed the March primary uh, the night before the primary. I still think she was put up to that. Um, and I think she was probably put up to doing some of the other orders. 
but the, also the information and data she was presenting uh, has been shown to be incorrect and inaccurate. Uh, for example, uh, they will, the newspapers will report, and even in her uh, press briefings, she will say, you know, 20 deaths reported today. Well, that was reported. It's from the time the person died in some rural county in southern Ohio that maybe has like one hospital within a hundred miles. From the time the information gets from the hospital to the coroner, who may be a part-time coroner, who knows, uh, to the coroner, to the state of Ohio, seven days have passed. So they've been reporting things like 20 people died today, but really it was like 20 people died this week. Uh, you follow me? So they're making it seem like, oh my God, the biggest death day in the history of Ohio for the virus, uh, 20 people or 100 people, you know, but really that, that 100 people goes back several days. Yeah, I do remember her mentioning that in one of her press conferences, but it's just the way they've been reporting it, uh, her, herself, DeWine, and the media. So, uh, anyways, Dr. Amy Acton has resigned as Ohio Department of Health Director. It's going to be interesting now to see uh, how Ohio's handling of the virus uh, pandemic goes, what direction it takes. She extended the uh, social distancing, which I, I'm still a fan of. I don't, for personal reasons, I don't like people being all up in my business. Okay, I don't like people being all up on top of me at a restaurant or store or whatever. But anyhow, even that, you know, has gotten laxed. Um, you know, some people, a lot of people are still wearing the masks, and those that wear masks kind of look down at the people who don't wear masks. Good grief. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was in stores the other day, and they still have the X markings on the floor, like six feet apart. And they, people weren't standing six feet apart. Uh, back when that first happened and the social distancing was like law and, you know, <clears throat> almost as serious as like, you know, the gospel, uh, you know, I got yelled at by a cashier and I was standing less than the length of my foot in front of the X on the floor. Like literally the heel of my foot was probably touching the X because I took a step backwards and I was right on top of the X when I looked down. So I was, and it wasn't like a big step backwards because I didn't know where I was in relation to the X, um, whatever. So we'll see how the um, policy goes in Ohio towards uh, social distancing and the virus from now on without Dr. Acton at the helm of the Department of Health. Um, another fun, exciting, and brand new, The Love Boat 
<laughs> the uh, Presidente Donald Trumpo, Trumpy baby, as I like to call him. Here, Haley, get up here and lay down on your pillow. Lay. He finally signed his executive order preventing uh, online censorship. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I don't see an executive order number, but if I when I do, I'll, I'll shout it out. Uh, let me read some of it to you. Uh, executive order on preventing online censorship. Uh, subheading infrastructure and technology issued May 28th, 2020. Well, wait a second. That, well, this came from whitehouse.gov. So, maybe they wrote it up and then he signed it. By the authority vested in me as president by the Constitution and the laws of the United States of America, it is hereby ordered as Section 1 Policy. Free speech is the bedrock of American democracy. Our founding fathers protected this sacred right with the First Amendment to the Constitution. The freedom to express and debate ideas is the foundation of all our rights as a free people. Okay, this is good. Um, but I, I, I want to clarify, the founding fathers were protecting us from government censorship, if you will. They didn't want the government to tell you what to think or say. Now, things have changed since then, but Facebook, Twitter, YouTube are not the government. They're private, private entities that sell advertising... Yeah, I drink in big gulps. Get over it. Um, but they sell advertising to make money. Um, they don't want to lose advertisers due to like some kind of boycott or something like that. And they've disproportionately, however, targeted, it seems like, conservatives. Uh, you know, they took down Milo somebody... And Milo is like, I think that's just, that's whatever. Milo, you can look him up. Look Milo censored by Twitter and you'll find the story. Um, I didn't even know who he was until he got censored by Twitter. But I guess he's um, a gay dude who's a really big fan of Trump. And he... Uh, I guess he's one of these people who's famous for being famous. Uh, anyhow, he got taken down off of Twitter for inappropriate remarks. Uh, recently, a couple of Donald Trump's tweets were flagged for being misleading, uh, false information or fake news, as he calls it. And that's what started this. But there's been an outcry from conservatives. Uh, Steven Crowder with YouTube. He used to make money off of commercials that YouTube played during his program, during his videos. And a lot of people do that on YouTube. You can either get 
a subscription to YouTube where you have to watch commercials on YouTube in the middle of your like favorite video which can get kind of annoying so they take they've they almost took Steven Crowder totally off uh, because he did this parody video of the Kiss song Dr. Love, except he called it Dr. Trump. But anyways, a lot of conservatives have been complaining their their things get taken off of Facebook and YouTube and their streams suddenly get disrupted. Uh, but constitutionally, the Constitution is to protect us from the government. Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube are private businesses which should have the right to serve or not serve the clientele of their choosing in, a, in some regards. Now, when it comes to like race and religion and things like that, that's different. You know what I'm saying? But if somebody goes on YouTube and their whole, vi their whole video is like, F this and bitch that and this, like all the things that I say on mine... Um, YouTube should have the right to demonetize them, which means take away commercials running during their videos so they don't make money off. YouTube doesn't make money off their videos and they don't make money off their videos. And keep in mind, what made YouTube big was the individual content creators, people creating and posting their own videos of cats playing with yarn <laughs> like that's the most viewed vi YouTube video ever I think or you know their pets doing silly tricks or something um, that's where YouTube got big and famous and popular was from that uh, let me read some more into Donald Trump's uh, executive order uh, in a country as long cherish the freedom of expression we cannot allow a limited number of online platforms to handpick the speech that Americans may access and convey on the internet the practice of the, this practice pardon me this practice is fundamentally un-American and, un, and anti-democratic when a large powerful social media company censors opinions with which they disagree, the exercise is a dangerous power. They cease functioning as passive bulletin boards and ought to be viewed and treated as content creators. So this is saying how a lot of people feel about social media. Okay, traditional media like newspapers is dying are dying is is they dying or are they dying anyways newspapers are dying right i i still like to pick up the newspaper and read it more than i like to read online especially because online like when I was trying to get ready to do this video, you know,
I get advertisements popping up, uh, not porn popping up, but you know, I get, you know, things from advertisers coming up as I'm scrolling to get to the part of the article I want to be at. There's like a bunch of ads at the top and, you know, they just find ad ways to work advertising into everything online. But when you hold a newspaper in your hand, it, there's just something about the feel of it. You know, you feel like a grown up or something. And another thing, you know, YouTube doesn't as much, doesn't allow nudity. Twitter allows flat-out porn. Uh, <laughs> trust me, I know. Uh, it's not like an entire film, but the the girls, the women can put, you know, at, uh, clips of their videos and then, you know, go watch the rest of my movie on this link and then you have to pay something. I don't pay, by the way. I don't go all that. But, um... Nonetheless, I mean, it's out there. I know about it. I've seen it. Um, but these, you know, outlets and like the porn industry have hidden behind the First Amendment for a long time. Uh, Vivid Video used to have at the beginning of their videos or VHS tapes a thing about the First Amendment and an American flag flying. And, you know, it's your constitutional right to watch porn. You know, I'm sure that's what the founding fathers were thinking. Um, but, you know, if they can sit behind the First Amendment, when all they're doing is filming people having sex, why can't I use Twitter totally freehand and say anything I want to? Be it true, fake, or not... And I try to say the truth, but occasionally I'll retweet uh, a video or uh, a message that later gets fact-checked and is found uh, to be against community standards. On Facebook, I've been in trouble a few times for uh, community standards because I use the word cracker too much when I refer to white trash. Um, one time I... Call, I posted a uh, story from Paul Harvey. Uh, if you want to get some legendary wisdom, you go YouTube search Paul Harvey. Oh my gosh. So, such a great voice and such a great orator. Uh, but I, he had a story on there called The Little White Trash Boy uh, that wasn't something that wasn't allowed in the rich man's house. I don't know. But it's the story of Elvis Presley being taught how to tune a guitar. But he, because he was poor, he wasn't allowed to come up the driveway to the rich people's house. So the rich man had to go out to the end of his driveway and teach Elvis how to tune a guitar. And we all know how that turned out. So YouTube, you know, they flag, I think, you know, a lot of things. Facebook flags, um... Uh, Twitter and I report a lot of people's tweets and Instagram pictures in fact one of my favorite people was Ice Cube and he's gone so far off the deep end with uh, this anti uh, Trump stuff in the light of George Floyd and don't get me wrong I, I am angry 
with those four police officers for murdering George Floyd. But at the same time, I, um, I, I think the anger that is misguided and misdirected. Um, so anyways, um, I don't want to go that road. But, you know, you, Ice Cube, I guess, should have the right to say what he wants to say. You know, but I say, you know, if a Republican said something similar, they would be in trouble. So I kind of snitched. Snitches get stitches, Cube, I know. Hey, but go Raiders. We're both Raider fans. Um, in other news in our racially semi-divided country right now, I don't know if the division runs as deep as the media makes it. Um, I hope my black friends are still my friends. Uh, but Democrat rep from Georgia, he, he represents a uh, district in Georgia at the Georgia Capitol. Uh, what the hell is the capital of Georgia? Atlanta? I think. Whatever. He represents a district in the state of Georgia at the capital of Georgia. Democrat state rep Vernon Jones introducing a, a bill to make attacking Trump supporters a hate crime. Now, this is something that's gone on since Trump got elected. It happens uh, from both African Americans and whites. Uh, but you see a lot of people going up to Trump supporters and beating them up, knocking their MAGA hats off their heads, um, and, and things of that nature. I don't think it falls under a category of hate crime, but um, I, I think it, more people should be prosecuted by, by far, certainly. Uh, Vernon Jones, let's read the article a bit here. Wearing a MAGA hat, make America great again, should never endanger your life, Democrat Georgia State Rep Vernon Jones said. Uh, Vernon Jones is uh, a black Democrat who's crossed party lines and is endorsing President Trump because of uh, things like opportunity zones, opportunity scholarships, uh, you know, the money Trump has given to historically black colleges and things of that nature. Uh, and he just feels like Joe Biden's a creepy racist piece of crap. Oh yeah, Joe Biden is a creepy racist piece of crap. So it kind of works out. Uh, anyways, Vern Jones said Tuesday announcing that announcing that we'll introduce a bill. Vern, man, this sentence structure sucks. Announcing that will should be announcing that he will. Announcing that he will introduce a bill next week making it a hate crime to insult someone based on a person's actual or perceived political party even if that person supports Donald Trump. So he's taking on a broader aspect. He's not making this Trump specific but
it is based out of the people wearing MAGA hats being attacked or people wearing Trump t-shirts or flying Trump flags and banners. Um, and again, this, you know, eh, is it a hate crime? Is it, it's, is it racism? We don't know. I've seen white people attack other white people. I've seen black people attack other black people for wearing Trump gear. The thing of it is, the shoe could be on the other foot, you know, so nobody should be attacked physically for their political affiliation. Uh, it shouldn't even be attacked verbally, but you know, that happens. Uh, but yeah, you shouldn't be attacked physically for your political ideology or candidate you support. I mean, you might not even be conservative or Republican ideologically, but you may think Joe Biden's such a bastard that you won't vote for him. And by the same token, you may be a lifelong Republican and think Trump is such a bastard, you don't want to vote for him. So it goes, you know, a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, you could have been a lifelong Democrat and just said, no, Hillary's like too far left or she's just too old and senile and has dropsy and uh, we just can't vote for her, you know. So that's what Vernon Jones is up to. He seems like a pretty cool guy. Seems like a nice man. Maybe he'll switch parties. That'd be kind of nice. Uh, this I kind of found surprising. From The Blaze. It's an article by Glenn Beck. I never really got Glenn Beck as much, but he's pretty cool. I, I listened to his talk show someone when he was back on terrestrial radio. Now he's on this own network he invented called The Blaze. Sounds kind of gay, get Glenn. But anyways, says a majority of Americans now support NFL players to kneel. Okay, let me read the article word for word, the title. Majority of Americans now say it's okay for NFL players to kneel during the national anthem. Um, don't know what Americans going back polled, but I would disagree with them. Uh, the poll released Thursday found that the May 25th killing of George Floyd by former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin and subsequent protests against the police brutality have moved the public opinion significantly on the manner the matter pardon me uh in the wake of nationwide demonstrations in support of black lives matter and protests a majority of americans 52 percent that's a thin majority uh three percent now agree that it is okay for the nfl players to kneel during the national anthem to protest police killing african americans now, 36% of respondents say it's inappropriate to do so. 12% 12 answered, 12 answered not sure. 
Uh, I don't care what 52% of people say. Um, I'm going to talk the talk. Or I'm a walk the walk, don't just talk the talk kind of guy. And taking a knee during the national anthem, one thing, Colin Kaepernick, this has been pointed out to me by a friend of mine. It's also been pointed out by a, a man named B. Tatum or Brandon Tatum here on YouTube. Uh, Colin Kaepernick never knelt on the sidelines until he got benched as the starting quarterback. So, um, it, it's interesting. It seems like more it was more of an F you to his team. But when reporters pushed him on it, he had to come up with something else to say. So he came up with this, you know, police brutality narrative. And then, you know, he also... Uh, went from being like, well, anyways, he, you know, he, I mean, he's half white for crying out loud. He was raised by a white family, white mom and dad. Um, it, it's like he, he was like this big Christian, big role model kind of guy. And I'm not saying he can't be a role model still, but you know, he kept his hair short and all this stuff. Well, then he started in with this Muslim woman, dating, whatever, and his whole demeanor and opinion changed. And now he's black. You know, he's gone from being, you know, biracial to no, I'm black. You can identify as whatever the hell you want to. But don't change your mind after you've been a dick and like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to kneel here because my, I'm pissed off at my coach. And then I'm going to come up with some false narrative that I'm kneeling for police brutality. You know, I mean, come on, bro. Uh, I really liked Cap when he first came in the NFL and was, you know, him and Russell Wilson were, um, you know, called the, like, the good, they were just known for their, their good kindness. And Kaepernick could probably is a kind person. I just disagree with uh, his kneeling during the national anthem. You know, when you have that platform that he has, talk. Go to City Hall. Go to, you know, the NAACP. Go to Black Lives Matter and, you know, create something for the community to help community police relations or something like that. You know, don't disrespect the flag and the soldiers. Um, the, don't res disrespect the country as a whole. I mean, just as many black folks have died for defending that flag uh, and fighting for Kaepernick's freedom as well as their own as have white soldiers. You know, it, you know uh, that's just my opinion. So, uh, what's the next thing that caught my eye, my attention? Okay, so, uh, yeah, we talked the other day about Gone with the Wind being taken down off of HBO Max. Um, and so now, supposedly, and I don't know how big the outpouring is, but people have 
decided that the Disney World slash Disneyland ride, say, the uh, Splash Mountain, Splash Mountain, not to be confused with Space Mountain like Ric Flair, uh, Sp- Disney says, Disney fans say Splash Mountain needs update due to racism. Uh, This is from the NY Post, New York Post. Let's see here. Fans are hoping one of the most popular rides will get a redo. Splash Mountain, a ride inspired by the film Song of the South, is a major attraction at both Walt Disney World in Florida and Disneyland in California. Song of the South is a 1946 film considered by many to be the studio's most racist, criticized for its stereotypes of black people and its apparent nostalgic view of the antebellum South. The film is known for best known for its song Zippity Duda. Uh, I guess I'm going to have to add this song of the South to my watch list. After I sit through Gone with the Wind for four hours, not really. Uh, I, I may watch this one. Gone with the Wind, I ain't sitting through four hours of that shit. Uh, but anyways, it's just too slow of a movie for me. Too girl, too romantic. Uh, my mom loves it. She can. I'll let her fill me in. Um, but maybe I'll watch Song of the South and see what the, the fuss is about. Um... So I guess it was a Disney Studios movie, and the NY Post, which is, compared to the New York Times, it's not as liberal, uh, says it's considered the, the uh, company's most racist film. Uh, several petitions popped up recently, CNN reports, calling for Disney to repu- remove all mentions of the movie from the ride, while the the ride's storyline is not an exact depiction of the movie. It features characters including Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Fox, and Br'er Bear. The only time I've ever heard Br'er Bear mentioned was when Kelly Bundy was tripping on Married with Children. And she said, no, I wouldn't go hunting today, Br'er Bear. I'm going to have to watch this movie to see what the heck's going on. Um... See here, fans have even offered a solution to retheme the ride. One fan took to Twitter to showcase his concept of Princess and the Frog theme, and others created and signed a change.org petition. So uh, there are links to all those articles down in ye description. Uh, one other thing that was in the news that is good news. Um, let me see if I can Google it real quick or real slow. I don't know. Uh, one of the Las, I guess, get used to saying Las Vegas Raiders, because we might actually have a football season this year. Uh,
That's put putting Raider arrested in Youngstown. Um, news about Raider arrested in Youngstown. Lynn Bowden. That's I couldn't think of his name. Uh, he was spending the night at his grandmother's house, and evidently the FBI had been investigating the home for a while, and. And he was there when they served the warrants. Uh, from what I've read, he was not involved in the uh, drug activity at the house. Uh, he was just there. The FBI said they never bought drugs from him. So, uh, you know, John Gruden and Mark Davis need to get this young man under contract get his ass out of that neighborhood. I've been in that neighborhood in Youngstown. It's not good. And I I drive for a living, by the way. So, I mean, I drive through a lot of neighborhoods. But, uh, yeah, they need to get this young man out to Las Vegas and get him a contract and get him away from uh, his friends in Youngstown before something tragic happens. Uh, from all intents and purposes, I've heard good things about him. Um, you know, when they drafted him, you know, the Raiders, Mike Maylock and John Gruden are, and Mark Davis are big on, you know, these young guys coming out of college having character and being good people. So we'll see where this leads. Of course, when something like this happens, a lot of times... When you when you when you start to rise from the bottom to the top, and then there's a chink in the armor, other people are going to start coming out of the woodwork to try and make you look like a bad person. So I hope that doesn't happen to this young man. He seems like somebody that could really be someone in life, something, be somebody. Um, the other day, the Raiders. And Derek Carr, some of the receivers, just went out to a park in Las Vegas. Uh, I hope they, they better have social distanced. Let's see. They better have had their masks on. Uh-oh, were they bad boys? Well, I'm not finding any thing pictures. But anyways, oh, here we go. Derek Carr throwing to episode six. See, where's my little cursor? See, I'll, I'll watch it and describe it to you guys. Maybe. Here it comes. Oh, I got to sit through a commercial. Hold on. This is the best play-by-play -play since John Madden. Watch and see. Just play the video. I'm not restarting my device. Okay, June 9th, 2020. Derek Carr. He's out in some field, like a really nice city park or something. And he's just playing, like, shirts versus skins with uh, the receivers. They're out throwing. They're not at the practice facility, doesn't look like, because it's just a wide open area. And you can see the really beautiful desert mountains in the background. And uh, 
he's winging passes, man. He, these ain't no five and ten yard uh, drop off passes. So I can see like soccer nets and stuff in the background. So they're definitely at a, a city park of some sort. Uh, but he's just out there playing pitch and catch with uh, the Raider receivers. That's pretty cool, you know. Uh, I'm sure it was a staged thing. But, you know, that's neat that they went out to a park in town and just threw the ball around as kind of welcomed us to Las Vegas. Um, he said that they're going to change it from, going to change the nickname from Sin City to Win City. And the Raiders have the team to do it next year. He's They revamped the defense through free agency with guys that uh, are in the middle of their careers as opposed to players that are in the latter stages of their career like Al Davis used to. Um, the guys that are like in their third, fourth year uh, and are like 26 years old is what Mike Maylock said he looked for. Uh, so they got a lot of players in... Uh, on the Raiders defense that can make plays now. Um, they went out and drafted a lot of wide receivers and signed one or two. So uh, this rookie they've got from Alabama, some are saying, you know, well, be careful now. He He's just a Wookiee. And others are saying... He could come right out and be the best wide receiver in football. Hard to tell. You know, it can happen either way. And it depends on how, you know, John Gruden chooses to use him. But, you know, they got uh, Lynn Bowden, who's going to be listed as a running back, but is kind of going to go from receiver to running back to uh, like a wildcat quarterback. Uh, they got the wide out from Tennessee, and then they got another wide out from South Carolina. So they're they're revamped and equipped. You know, last year, yeah, you know, I, I like the story of guys like Doss, and you know, a lot of players, you know, could make one or two plays a game. But we need the Raiders needed the guys that can go out and make five or ten or fifteen plays a game. And the only player they had that could do that was um, the running back and, you know, the, the tight end. They have a good tight end. But aside from that, you know, their tight end that they have is raw. You know, he's got raw talent. And because he screwed around his first several years in the NFL, he's a little behind. But it's kind of good for the Raiders because now they're getting him as he's developing that raw talent. Uh, and now he's starting to show through, you know. So, all right, we'll, we'll wrap this up. Had some headlines, had some Raiders talk today. So thank you guys for listening and watching and whatever else you did during this video. God bless you. Pray for each other. And I'll talk to you later.